Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello. Welcome back. Preds Power Hour on a Friday afternoon. The first time it's just been Jeff and I, Brian Baston of On The Fortech, not here this week. He'll be back next week. So, hey, Brian. I know you'll be watching this and all that good stuff. But, uh, Jeff, good afternoon, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm happy to be here. Well, thank you for being here, Jeff. We have uh, a lot of uh, Preds stuff we want to get through here today, here on the Preds Power Hour. And we should start off with what happened last night against the Arizona Coyotes, Brian Baston, uh, who we mentioned, our co-host here. He wrote a really good story um, over on On The Forecheck that you can go read uh, today. But uh, what did you think of uh, what Brian saw last night? And what did you see um, in the loss to Arizona? Um, I mean, Brian's usually pretty spot on. Uh, he, uh, he called it their unluckiest loss of the season, um, which is probably pretty true. Uh, it's not like, you know, I didn't watch a ton of the game, mm. but it's it's they gave up a season high shots to the Coyotes, which is not great. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was like yeah, it was like forty. Like their previous high was like thirty nine, and then they gave up forty last night, which it's the Coyotes. So that kind of tells you where they are at this point. Um, and also the Coyotes have been giving them fits all year, which is crazy. It seems like mm. that happens every year. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I thought it's, it's it wasn't for a lack of offense either, I don't think. Like, I think they got over 35 shots too, um, which is it's just two bad defensive teams going back and forth. Um, it's, it's a tough loss because that's one of the games – that you have this season or in this back half of the season that like if you want to make the playoffs you have to win especially with Winnipeg faltering right now as they are um it's it's if they want to make the playoffs it's a game they have to win and the the back half or the back part of this uh second half of the season is um pretty stacked in terms of opponents. Um, they play Seattle twice, uh, for example, um, among, and they play Colorado once or twice and they play Vegas again. I think like it's, it's, it's really good teams. So, um, yeah, I mean, they have to beat the teams that are below them in the standings and, uh, they did not last night. No, they did not. Um, but it should be interesting to see how uh, how things go with Hines down the stretch and what he what he emphasizes. Do they even still like? I I'm just very curious to see how this team handles being gigantic sellers and just kind of in this state of flux. Where I I don't know. I think it's going to be kind of a weird vibe and a weird into the season because you could see this team fighting hard and being like with Forsberg back and company. Uh, still with UC in the net, you're like, we could still sneak in to the playoffs. And it's like, you already got all the picks. Like you've already, um, it's, it's just, I, I'm curious to see which way they go. If they fight and stay competitive or they just really pack it in one, two, three Cancun. I, I don't know. Well, the good news is, is that it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like if, if they make the playoffs and they make the playoffs, it's, you know, it's, it's whatever. I mean, I know that other fans and me personally, I I don't really want them to make the playoffs. Um, and I've you know, 
there have been people all over Twitter giving their thoughts on uh, people who don't want their team to make the playoffs. Um, and and that kind of mentality. Um, mm. And, you know, if you've heard it all year, and uh, not even just from these people that are talking about it now, but um, a lot of people are like, you know, why wouldn't you want your team to win? And, you know, as much as I think, you know, four or five games of playoff experience would be good for the young kids, like, what is that going to do? Like, the, the difference between winning a Stanley Cup with these guys is not four or five games of of playoff experience in a year where they sold off everything. Like, it's just not, that's just not realistic. And if you can make your roster better, and improve your pick by even a couple spots in this draft, it's going to make all the difference. So, you know, if they make the playoffs, then it's fine. But, you know, if they lose a lot, then that's fine. But, you know, it's, it's, there, there are a lot of people that are very divided, including myself, uh, on this topic just because, you know, you, you don't want to see your team lose, but also, if the team losing is for the betterment of the franchise in a few years, then maybe it's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. We still have a, a lot of hockey left to see which oh, yeah. way they go. Um, and nothing would surprise me with this team. Uh, so we didn't touch on last week was Fabro and Lincoln's extension for another year. Uh, what do you make of both? And uh, if you're <laughs> like, which one are you more optimistic about long-term? Um, Fabro probably. Hmm. Um, I mean, <laughs> you want to talk about a divided, uh, divisive subject on Pred's Twitter, man. Dante Fabro is is that. Why um, is that? Well, he's a he's a weird uh, he's a weird player. Um, I, I'm and Brian, I'm sure would would you know have stuff on this too, and and I have a hmm. little bit, but um, he. Dante Fabro, by the numbers, right? He's mm. a very solid defensive third, second, third pairing guy. Like, mm. and the one problem has been that he has not been able to live up to his expectations. Um, at least, you know, the narrative surrounding him, he hasn't been able to live up live up to his expectations. Um, but he's very like he's he's a in terms of. Uh, not allowing high danger chances. Dante Fabro is good at that. Like he's an above average defenseman at that. But the problem comes when he his mistakes are they're not just mistakes. Like they are very amplified mistakes. Like he'll turn the puck over in the middle of the ice or he'll throw it up the boards right to an opponent and then they'll go score. Like it, it's it's not it's not mistakes that are little and you can't really see with your with like your eyes as your as the play is developing. Mm. Um, it's one of those things where you're like, "Oh my god, that's a bad Dante Fabro turnover." It's not like Dante Fabro wasn't playing this this defensive kind of play right. Like he didn't he forgot to lift a stick or like something small like that instead of turning the puck over in the middle of the ice. Um, and so a lot of Preds Twitter and Pred's Facebook, I'm sure I don't go on there very much. Um, but um, a lot of 
Preds social media has come to the conclusion that Dante Fabro is a bad defenseman hmm. and that I just I just can't agree with that. Um for just he he has I'm willing to concede that he has given he has not uh lived up to what he was supposed to be. You know, he came in from college in 2018-19 and Everyone was like, this kid's going to be great. He's going to be an offensive dynamo. He's going to be a great addition to the, uh, to the, to the defense court. He was, he was expected to be what Alex Carrier, Carrier was last year. Hmm. And, um, he wasn't that. Like, he just, he wasn't very good in his rookie season. Um, but he has gotten better pretty much every year since he's coming to the NHL. Um, so and I think he's still young. So you know, and and obviously it, the the time for that excuse is running out. I think he's 24 years old. So you know, it's time for if he's going to get it into gear, then he needs to get it into gear. But I don't see why he can't be a solid fifth or sixth defenseman. I mean, we we want like for all of his mistakes, he does play. He does he he has done very well in certain situations. Um, and you know, for all the years that we watched Yannick Weber and Matt Irwin and Alexi Emelin, uh, I, I would take Dante Fabro 365 days out of the year over them. So that one I'm I'm more happy about long term. I think Lankinen is just a stopgap. I mean, they're just waiting for Askarov to be ready, um, and and he's been good this year, so he deserves a, another contract. So you know, I'm, I am I am. It's pro- it's it's good that they brought him back because it it you you you're not messing with the tandem in Milwaukee, and you have a solid backup for UC next year. Hmm. Um. What do you do with Forsberg down the stretch here? Honestly, I I wouldn't push it, especially if it's if it's something like pretty serious i mean it it seems i think heinz said something about um you know he was getting better and then he's been just kind of stagnant like he hasn't gotten any better and he or and he's gotten a little worse or something um he said he thinks it's i think he said it was like more than just day to day um so you know considering what they've done so far you know they brought in youth, sold off assets. Luke Evangelista looks good. Mm-hmm. Like I I don't think there's any reason to be like we need him back now. Like he's he, if he's dealing with something serious like a head injury, don't bring him back. Like having having had a a brother that has dealt with numerous head injuries due to the sport of lacrosse, uh I can tell you that rushing back head injuries are never a good idea and um you know Philip Forsberg is is the staple forward of this team and and rushing him back and potentially making your team worse because he's not good enough is is just it's not worth it especially with guys like Evangelista who are playing perfectly fine like there's not a there's not a need for Forsberg to be back so I would just say hold him out until he's like actually 100% what do you think? Speaking, you mentioned Evangelista. Do you see him as a star 
here in Nashville, do you think with the rebuild, it actually is going to work out pretty nicely in his favor? He's going to get a lot more opportunities than where they were headed before. How high are you on what you've seen thus far from Evangelista? Yeah, I mean, he's he's looked great. Um, I, I've been really impressed. Uh, you know, second round pick, he, he's been... Uh, he he tore it up with uh, London in uh, in in uh, the OHL, um, and uh, at least I think it's the OHL. I don't have all my mm. CHL leagues down, um, but uh, yeah, I mean he he did really well in his um, uh, D plus one year, um, and uh, then came to Milwaukee and he's he looked good there. Um, he's such a good distributor of the puck and it's 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 really fun to see because he plays he's not only a great distributor but he uses his his speed and his his hands um and you know he's been he he's able to find lanes that you know not a ton of people can and it's been it's been really fun to to watch um so yeah i mean i'm i'm high on him i think he's i think he's a top six forward like at his at his peak um I don't know if he's full first line because um, I think that's more of a down the road thing that you figure out. Hmm. Um, but yeah, he's he's a, he's a lot of fun to watch, and it was really fun um, watching him play in uh, Vancouver um, when he had those two goals because he just went to the front of the net, and you know, and he was he's been really good with the analytics too. Like his individual expected goals have been some of the best on the team since he came up. Um, so he's doing that. He, he, obviously he could work a little bit on defense, but he's young. So I don't really care. Um, there's, there's improvement that needs to happen, but like I said, you know, I'm Is not the most exciting young pred right now. Um, Ooh, that's a good question. There are a lot of fun, exciting young Preds right now. Mm-hmm. It's um, I'm not sure. I I think recency bias would say yes, but man, when Cody Glass gets the puck, it's it's hard to really even Phil Tomasino. Like both mm-hmm. of them have been very very fun. Like in Florida, when Cody Glass made that no look behind the pass, like right to behind the behind the back pass right mm-hmm. to Roman Yossi who was cutting through the slot like it was a little bit ahead of him but it was like dead on it was like you know C- Cody Glass isn't gonna kill you with his speed like Evangelista can mm-hmm. but boy he's got some instincts that I just I am con- constantly impressed with um so I think I think for some that's a definite yes like there's I'm not gonna rag on anybody that says Luke Evangelista is the most fun pred um uh, most exciting young pred right now um but i mean you can't ignore cody glass and phil tomasino even tommy novak has been he, he's made some highlight real plays so um yeah my answer with my answer to that would probably be cody glass but i am a i'm a big fan of you know guys who can just find ways to get the puck to places that you did didn't think could be possible like I don't know. They they just excite me. It's great. Did it excite you? Excite you? Excuse me. Um, seeing Chuck Fletcher being fired in Philadelphia. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, he he sucks. Uh, <laughs> he so I covered I covered the Flyers for 
over a year with uh, Broad Street Hockey. I mm-hmm. love everyone over there. They're so great. Um, and um, I'm very excited that the site is is sticking around um, after all the SB Nation stuff. Um, they're making a new a new site, and um, it's going to be great. I'm super excited to read um, what everyone has to say over there. And uh, so being uh an occasional writer in that in that flyers market you know i i heard and i'm still in contact with them today so uh you know i've i've heard a lot about chuck fletcher over the past year uh year and a half and um yeah he he's he's pretty awful um <laughs> so you know those those two uh those two pennsylvania gms are felt like they were getting in a battle of who could destroy their team the most um but yeah i mean it, it's it's good for the flyers like that is i don't know how you don't come to the conclusion seeing that um chuck fletcher has made a lot of questionable moves um he didn't move jvr at the trade deadline he brought in brendan lemieux um for some reason uh he signed that awful wrist aligning contract um the list goes on those are just the things that stick out to me and also are recent um but yeah and and they they have deserved a better GM up there um for a while. Um and yeah, it was it the time the time had come. He it his it was over. There was there was no way he was sticking around for much longer. But it wasn't even like he was around a long time. Like the difference with Sullivan, he's been around. Like with Well Hextall's Hextall's um I don't Hextall was there in Hextall's been there in Pittsburgh for yeah, he hasn't been there for that long. Yeah. I mean, um, he's been there for what what do you think it is? I want to say like 4, 3 or 4 years. I was going to say like 5 or 6. I don't know. I I'm going to well, there's a there's a great uh uh-huh. There's a great tool that we can use and I'm going to use it right now. So Cuz I'm curious cuz like the the thing like you're it's like yeah, Chuck Fletcher was not good and you move on. But like it's just kind of a revolving door. Like it's, yeah. uh, I don't really know why, like you, it's one of those you have to wait and see, I think. Yeah. Um, if you're flyers, cause you're like, yeah, it's cool. But like, they've also been hiring really, really poor over the last several yeah. years, like most of uh, my adult life. So you look at it and you're like, all right, well just insert next bad hire here. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if oh. they deserve the benefit of the doubt yet. So Hextall was brought in, uh, February 9th, 2021. So even less than that. I, I said three years. Oh, okay. It's been two years for Hextall. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they and, and when, you, when you've been on the job for for two years mm-hmm. and and you have fans chanting fire Hextall, that's a, that's a big problem. Um, 2018 was when Fletcher was hired. So, mm. yeah, it's three-year difference, but that three years man they the flyers have not been good for a while so at least 2018 i mean they've been i think the bubble was when you know they could have they could have won a series or two but the aisles mm-hmm. had to stop them from that um but yeah i'm no i'm no philadelphia flyers expert um Mm. I leave that to my friends at Brass Street Hockey. They're 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 great. Um, but yeah, all I know is that Chuck Fletcher does indeed. He was not good at his job, and some of the excuses he made were really um, bad. Uh, 
for maybe lack Chuck of Fletcher term. to Pittsburgh and Ron Hextall back to Philadelphia. Back they to Philadelphia, switch. yeah, yeah. They just keep um, switching. Yeah, there was a fun uh, a fun s- s- story popped up on my on my Twitter feed. Um, my friend Charlie O'Connor at the Athletic he uh, he apparently asked Chuck Fletcher about um, you know what he thinks about fans and if they should have confidence in him. I'm paraphrasing here. If they should have confidence mm-hmm. in him. Um, leading the rebuild um as was after the trade deadline and um <laughs> i think i think fletcher was a little rattled because he he answered the question not very well and then he went to another question and then he went immediately back to charlie's question and had to like try and like revive his his statement so i thought that was pretty funny and a pretty good example of the kind of things that are happening up in philadelphia yeah um well let's uh towards the end here so we got carrier out for four to six weeks that's a big loss we talked about forestberg he might not be back this year i think that's something that we now have to consider is they're gonna be extra cautious they're not really playing for uh anything at this moment um i don't know i wonder like you have another loss um for the year uh um i always forget how do you pronounce his name boro Borvietsky. Borvietsky. Okay. Yes. Um, do you practice this? You're from Na- <laughs> you're from Nashville. How do you? Uh, I'm always terrified to go names. Even if I've heard on the broadcast, I'm still terrified. Yeah. Um. It's just a lot of watching hockey, and there you uh, go. It, it helps that I don't have like a really hard Southern twang, because mm-hmm. um, I have friends that do, and it does when they try and pronounce NHL names, it just doesn't sound anything close. Like even if they they have the kind of thing like the kind of pronunciation right like if you said borvietsky mm-hmm. i have friends that would be like borvitsky like it's not even like it's not even close to what it is even though mm-hmm. it is the right pronunciation so i am thankful that both of my parents are from well one of them's from the midwest and the other from is the other one's from the northeast so i don't have a i don't have too bad of a, a southern accent yeah, I mean, I'm from Atlanta, but I still don't have anything. I, yeah. I like I did the test growing up, and I had like it was always Kansas was your uh, yeah. the way I sounded. I was like, that's cool. I guess for my career, like it's good that you can't really tell where I'm from um, when you're talking. But like my family, like my grandfather, great grandfather, it's just weird that they all had it, and my grandmother had this like old, super southern, but very very slow and like hello, yeah. like that kind of deal <laughs> where it was just very uh it was it was very sweet but like i just i didn't get it um and it didn't pass down so yeah no southern accent so i'm always kind of part of me is like i wish i did have some sort of accent but on the other side i'm like i kind of am glad that i don't have to fight that or people have there's preconceived notions or judgment uh which is uh, it does help in this business yes yes um and something that i very much rail against uh in my everyday life because it's just it's not good um either way uh with all those injuries being said what do you think ultimately happens do you see more people getting shut down do you see more playing time for certain lines that have not gotten playing time to this point what how do you see the next few weeks uh looking in in terms of that um yeah i mean i don't know if i see i I don't know if carrier comes back if if it's if it's on the higher end of the uh the timeline like that six week timeline mm-hmm. um i'm not sure i see him coming back uh, maybe for l- the last couple weeks just to kind of get him back up to speed um but you know 
it's i mean the the right the end of the regular season is fast approaching so you know they have to make decisions um johansson's obviously not coming back um forsberg no clue like he they they haven't ever since he's been hurt we we haven't known um Worvietsky, I don't see him coming back. He's been on IR all year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, Carrier would just be the one that is interesting to me. Hmm. Um, just because he... it, I think it also depends on where they are in the standings by that time. Like, hmm. when that four-week period hits. Um, where where they are. Like, if, if they feel like Carrier isn't at a spot to come back and... Uh, He's, they're not really close to the playoffs at that point. Like they're still seven, eight points out with like fifteen games remaining, mm-hmm. um, and they've lost a couple of their games games at hand. Like I don't see any point in bringing bringing him back and risking another injury because he's already dealt with like three this year. Um, I don't think it's I don't think it's worth putting him up to that, um, even if it means he doesn't get that game speed back. Um, but if they are close to a playoff spot and they've taken advantage of their games in hand and Calgary hasn't hasn't done well, um, Winnipeg keeps faltering, Minnesota maybe stops playing that well, um, you know, Kirill Kaprizov's out three or four weeks, um, so that's, that's a tough blow. Um, but, you know, if they are in a position where they need it, where they need Carrier to come back, like, I could see him back for a couple weeks, um, I think it just all depends on where they are and where they are in the standings. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm I'm not sure. I don't want to give any definitive answers just because it's it's. I'm like the Preds. I I don't really know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I don't think it's, the Preds know. Yeah, I, I I don't know either. Like I I don't think I don't think they do either. It's it's yeah. they. It's been really weird. Like it's it's. This isn't normal either. Like I don't think there hasn't been a time where I've seen an injury, you know, with the at least with the Preds, where I've been I haven't we haven't gotten a, a good timeline, mm-hmm. um, especially because we don't really know what Forsberg's is. Like I think yeah. they said upper body, and he hit when he went down. He hit his head on the ice, so that leads me to believe it's a concussion, but I'm also not sure because mm-hmm. I'm not there. Um, and I don't want to like speculate or anything. Um, so if it's in a, if it is a concussion, don't play around with it. Like we, they don't need Forsberg that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, it is interesting. Like, I think, I think they do need Carrier that bad. Mm-hmm. Like they have enough skilled forwards to come in and kind of replace some production. You're not going to replace all of it, but they have forwards to replace some of it. But defense, man, defense has been rough. Yeah, and I don't see that changing down the stretch. That's one thing I would still bet on. Uh, oh yeah, me too. Yeah, the defense isn't the defense hasn't been good all year. It's been some of the worst in the NHL. So do you just shut down UC where it's like this isn't fair to you? Um, <laughs> I'm you so sorry. Yeah, we're so <laughs> sorry. Here's some here's some money. Here's some uh, here's some. I don't even know what I because uh, I was going to throw out Knoxville coupons for some local spots. Here's something for after they're like, bringing they're bringing Pekka back for his statue retirement. That's his reward. There you go. <laughs> he gets to, he gets to see his dad again. 
<laughs> um, well, this has been great, Jeff. Thank you, uh, as always, for making the time here on the Preds Power Hour. Brian, miss you this week. We'll have Brian back uh, with us next week. Um, what can the good folks check out from you over at Flames Nation, on the forecheck, and everywhere else this week, Jeff? Uh, yeah, so Flames Nation stuff's still going out. Um, I have written, I think, I think I'm trying. I'm trying to get a piece out every day, mm-hmm. if not um, every other day. I had two articles come out. I think yesterday or two days ago, um, and I had one. Co- or no, it was two days ago where I had two articles come out, and then yesterday I had one. Um, so I'm trying to keep pushing the content over there um, on the forecheck. Uh, working on a Dante Fabro piece uh, that I'm still. I'm trying to gather uh, video clips for it. Um, so that might be a little bit, but I want to finish it this week. Um, I have some articles coming out for my student newspaper, so definitely check that out. Uh, when are you doing so- class stuff? Aren't you in school, Jeff? <laughs> I am, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's it during during the mornings. I save mm-hmm. my afternoons for the writing stuff. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I have a, a bigger article coming out on uh, one of the players at Miami who went to the World Juniors. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, that was a fun one I did um, that I'm really looking forward to reading um, uh, just because – I don't read. I don't like to read my stuff before it comes out. It makes hmm. me feel. Makes me over. It makes me overanalyze. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, excited about that. Um, and then I have a playoff preview for uh, the uh, NCHC, which is the college hockey um, division that the Red Hawks are in. Um, so that's coming out too. I'll be posting all that stuff on my Twitter. So if you guys want to follow me at jjmid04, it'll all be on there. There you go, Jeff. Keep up the good work, my friend, and I will talk to you next week. Thanks. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.